friends, and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. We've got week 11, and we've got waivers for you. That's right. Lots of the players that you need to be looking at in the double digits of the weeks. Week 11 is here. Oh my God, what is going on with the football season? It's crazy. Uh, wave goodbye to your Survivor Leagues, most likely after this week, for most people. <laughs> Not me, though. Uh, even in a Survivor League where we had to pick two teams... We're still going Lions and 49ers this past week. No bills for me and no craziness. Lots of craziness around the NFL and whatnot. Uh, Jake, how about how about that week 11? How the, how the hell do you still have Lions and 49ers at this point? We hadn't used them. I know. It's, no, it, I, know the, I know the answers. You haven't used them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say it. it's like a triple elimination. So we got... Uh, this and I say we royal we it's it's not the royal we it's Bogman and I in the pentathlon uh, Derek Van Riper's week three we got That's Dallas Cowboy yeah, well three times actually and we got Dallas Cowboy week three then we thought we were done because most survivors do kind of end after the first elimination we weren't we didn't pick a team in week four so we got a second strike. And we've been on a tear since, and we had not used the 49ers up until then, probably because of my tepidness about it. But as I had told many, I felt the 49ers were going to mud stomp the Jaguars, and we were able to keep surviving. But if you pick the Bills, bye 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 in that insane game. And Bengals. Uh, and Bengals, that's right. Uh, yeah, you know, we don't usually do this, but... So I gotta go Lions versus Bears this week is what you're telling me. You got to go line. Yeah, I think so. the, the teams, by the way, that I have to choose from ooh, the, this week the is disgusting. Weeks. Like I'm, I, I'm somehow still alive and I'm terrified at this point. I actually like the Houston Texans over the Cardinals. I like that one. That mm. one's mine with CJ Stroud. I know I can see your worries, but with Kyler Murray no. Not so much for me. Not so much for me. I don't usually do this with you, but um, any big week 11 or week 10 takeaway before we step into the waivers of all the craziness? Uh, I'm going to be spending way too much time on my survivor here, but (laughs) (laughs) Jaguars for a rebound at home against the Titans. That's my takeaway. Maybe that one. I actually do like that. uh, Trevor Lawrence would be the takeaway from if uh, people read the way, read the waiver column, read the waiver column is uh, (laughs) a wascally wabbit is that Trevor Lawrence just isn't good this year. But I think the bigger takeaway we're going to talk about at running backs is that speaking of the Houston Texans, uh, Damian Pierce might not have a job to come back to. I mean, might be part of it, but maybe not his, maybe not his lead. Quite a few guys get Wally pipped. It's just, I don't think he can walk back into it. I think Singletary is the guy as well. And uh, even if he comes back healthy, I I don't know if it's even a 50-50 split at this point. And that has some of the effect on waivers. This week, I don't know, a oh. little... Nope. Yeah, breaking news. Okay, let's break it. Ken Dorsey's fired from the Bills. No way, Really? Yes. I mean, that wasn't that was an epic collapse. But there, I don't know. I always felt. Yeah, you're right about that. I see this. He was fired. Ken Dorsey, to me, always kind of had the vibes of like a next NFL coach just in some of the scheming and stuff. But yeah, he's out. Ken Dorsey of Miami fame and former 49er quarterback, by the way, uh, which I love. He was one of the best college quarterback. He was one of the first I really recall. And there's older people that are going to have like much better ones. But th- he was one of those real, like, this is an incredible college player that translates 0.0% to the NFL. That I remember, like, more as a kid, I couldn't conceptualize. I'm like, so why isn't this guy going to be good? And it's like, oh, because he can't throw more than 15 yards. 
and it just didn't didn't work at the NFL level and apparently not working here. I think maybe it takes a break, but I always thought he was going to be assumed to be NFL coach candidate, head coach candidate. Who, Dorsey or Brady? Dorsey. Yeah, okay. I thought more so Brady. I thought Brady got, with the whole situation with the Panthers, I thought he would get another chance by now. That, that's Who do you I mean, think gets a chance first? Well, Brady's going to be, he's moving to the offensive coordinator position, so... You mean next next chance as a head coach? I mean, yeah. Dorsey's not getting anything in now at this point. Dorsey's no, got to work not. his way back up. He's going to be out hanging out with Freddie Kitchens. E- <laughs> By the way, I was looking. I randomly looked up Freddie Kitchens the other day because we were talking about like the two quickly promoted coaches and that guy. Like you remember that like one what is it one and a half seasons with the Browns and then the Giants and he went from tight ends coach to head coach like a year and a half and then that bombed and now I think he's at UNC I think he's tight ends and special something down at UNC now like that's where Freddie Kitchens is. he didn't even get a second chance he just got buried well I mean Ken Dorsey might need to go back to the old college route as well might be an offensive coordinator in college for a little bit so, all right so breaking news Ken Dorsey and his slamming of uh, play calling sheets in the uh, in the upper deck is out. So it's a classic all time scene. Of well, don't forget. I mean, everybody. Josh Allen's the worst quarterback in the NFL now. I mean, just in case you missed that news too. Everybody wants well, to pile on. Then here's the big question: uh, Would the Patriots rather have him than Mac Jones? <laughs> that as he is uh, getting into the news, Bill Belichick would not confirm if Mac Jones is the team's number one quarterback headed into Week Eleven. They are a disaster pile. I think they would even maybe be comfortable with Josh Allen because Mac Jones is the actual worst. And the problem is, is they have one of the worst backup options. They have Bailey Zappi uh, to go to. So any uh, Patriots thoughts on where they're going to go with quarterback and if it's going to even matter? Your second part about that was interesting. It's like, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> so, yeah. And the, we miss Lincoln Park. Oh yeah. RIP Chester. Chester Pennington from my area I actually worked I had a music background and I worked with engineers that recorded the very first stuff of Pennington before he was even Lincoln Park yeah yeah well and uh, like I said in in the end actually I mean arguably it does kind of matter if they do go to Zappy and it's worse I mean at least we've had some fun with Demario Douglas and then I mean I guess is Devontae Parker coming back at some point like maybe Stevenson's been back on a roll the past couple of weeks, especially because he's getting used in the passing game. So I know Mac Jones is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL along with some other that we could mention, but I mean, it's, I, I guess, yeah, it could matter. It could get worse, but <laughs> it this way. It's not getting better. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, the pop Douglas stuff though, because you know, we're going to talk about pop. I mean, to some degree, probably quickly in the waivers, you should have picked him up already, but you know, he's a, more Bogman and I were making these debates like who would you rather have now this makes it more difficult with the quarterback situation would you rather have Demario Douglas or Drake London rest of season yeah I'd still go for the ceiling and I would go for Drake London because well, I make, that, how many weeks can we keep talking about like the ceiling of Drake because he had it he had it before he got hurt he was hitting top 20 when was yeah. it two three weeks in a row he was finally there we were told we were all everybody in the entire fantasy world was celebrating Demario Douglas this is his ceiling his ceiling is old Jacoby Myers who doesn't score touchdowns Five for 63, four for 52, seven for 62. It's like, it's just, that's who he is. Fun, cool. You get your wide receiver three that's got your safety blanket. But at least I know Drake London has the potential to hit top 20 again. I think the big thing comes down to, do they go back to Desmond Ritter or do they go back to Tyler Heineke after the bye? Like, you know, where do you go there? 
Well, Douglas's value might be something to consider moving forward with whatever quarterback option they decide to do. They really could just decide to go with a completely different scheme. That'd be better than even changing the quarterback is completely change the scheme of what you guys are doing because it doesn't work. Uh, a couple other news and notes, and we're going to get to all the waivers here in uh, week 11 running backs, wide receivers, talked about some streaming options. Ravens head coach John Harbaugh said that the team wants Keaton Mitchell more involved in week 11. Oh, you mean more than like three touches? They had like 70 four. yards on four. two touch. Okay, great. <laughs> 70 plus yards on four touches and they just shut it out. Like, what are we doing? I don't, that will never make sense to me when players show off incredible feats in games and then coaches are like, that's enough of that. Let's go. Let's keep going. <laughs> Gus, get us one and a half. Justice, give us one. It wasn't even enough of that. It was just straight up, this is all you get. It wasn't even like they were trying to be like, ah, you don't get more work. It's just, but that's the thing is this is the whole comparison made to uh, Devin Achan and said that the difference there is when you're getting half the touches, you have to do a hell of a lot more with your touches than he is. And it's been there so far. So yeah, we, we hope. He gets more, but I mean, he's still nothing more until you actually see the consistency of him getting touches. He's no more than an RB3 with a potential top 10 upside every single week. Who's the number one uh, Ravens running back next week or this week? The number one is Gus Edwards, the number one performer. It just depends whether or not Mitchell does what he does on per touch basis. Would you bank on him doing it, being the number one? Not on four touches. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so I mean, what is more involved let's talk about, five no, no, no i mean like let's be clear let's talk about the two touches that didn't go for 35 yards each like and i know i'm being tongue-in-cheek here but like seriously like what if it's four touches and he just doesn't hit a big one i know a big one's part of his plays but i mean you're talking about 50 percent hit rate on plays going for 30 plus yards and i would love for that to continue you got the ravens the thursday night against cincinnati so against cincinnati yeah you would think but if they get at the goal line it's going to be gus edwards interestingly enough Gus Edwards actually wouldn't even have had his touchdown if Justice Hill's touchdown didn't get called back on a penalty. Justice Hill actually got the goal line attempt before Edwards did on that touchdown. So all being said, I would love it to be it's the same thing we sat here and talked about last week. Would love Mitchell is the better talent. Mitchell is actually the best talent in the backfield. Would love if it was just a 50-50 split with Edwards. If it was a 50-50 split, I'd rank him top 15-20 every single week. But we have to see it first. We Hey, you know what we just saw? Sean Payton just said Marvin Mims was going to get more touches. How did that work out? So let, let's see it actually happen on the field. You know, thinking about this, I, I kind of like started to allude to it before, and then I moved away from it, and we're talking about this here. When is the point in the year, if at, maybe never, that you just, we, we, I would say it as a collective we, we stop doing the like, hey, this guy has upside. Because like I said, we are in week 11. There's only so many more. I mean, we're almost at the fantasy playoff realm. What is the point where you stop giving two craps about if a player <laughs> has the upside at some point in the season? Is it ever? Is it the the playoff? I mean, what, like, what what is it when we kind of kill that narrative? It depends. On, it's actually kind of the contingent on what the situation is. So if you're talking about like your wide receiver six that you're just stashing on your bench, never. Because what's your wide receivers like? I know we're going to talk about the Michael Thomas situation, but let's go back to him. Like before he got hurt, what was Michael Thomas doing for you? Like that floor. He was a wide receiver four floor. It wasn't even a three floor. So do you really be like, oh, yeah, I got to keep that on my bench just in case somebody gets hurt? No, because you go find something on the waiver wire that could probably do the same thing or potentially a higher ceiling if something were to happen. So you look at like Marvin Mims. 
Yeah, you can drop him, but for what? Like, that's, that's my point here. Like, are you dropping Marvin yeah. Mims for Wondell Robinson? Pfft, no. Like, whoop-de-doo. Like, even if that got going, it's still that floor. It's like, Wondell Robinson is never going to be a top 30 wide receiver. If Cortland Sutton gets hurt this week, then maybe the hand is forced and Marvin Mims is finally a top two wide receiver. So, but again, now if you're talking about he's your wide receiver four and you've been holding on to him this long, then you make the switch. Like, if you were like, Demario Douglas is still sitting out there. You make that switch, that that type of situation. So that's why I'm saying it. it's it's you kind of never give up depending on what's out there. Yeah, and and there's there's kind of an argument to be said. It could play the opposite of how I was setting it up, where as the season goes on, you get past the bye weeks. Who cares about safety? Who cares about floor on players as well? You could take it either side. Like, what do those floor players do for you when your starters are good to go? You'd rather have those high upside bench players because you're not really playing them anyways once you get through the buy. So I was just, it was just kind of a thing that was floating around in my brain of which side because we, you know, we make those arguments and we do it kind of all season. But then you get to this point where you're like, oh, OK, well, now does that matter? Now does the floor matter? Now does the ceiling matter? It's an interesting kind of just roster construction question in general. A couple other notes. Um, you mentioned him with Michael Thomas. Dennis Allen said the knee injury for Michael Thomas that he suffered uh, against the Vikings is fairly significant. They're on a bye. He threw a brick through somebody's car, probably gets suspended or something like that anyways. So this is a, a convenience injury, I think, as well, to some degree that I'm not sure... Um, he would have been available in week 12 regardless because of his off the field incident, but you never know. But this, this knee injury, if they're saying fairly significant in my brain, that takes him out for a month. I don't know why fairly significant means at least a month, if not the season. And that's a boot <laughs> to definition? Rashid Shaheed. Yeah, that is. That's like how my, I, my, my equation equals four weeks when I hear significant. <laughs> well, so to go all the way down to number 10, in the waiver because we, we don't usually go that far, but we'll just bring him up. I have A.T. Perry in there, and he's one he spot good. in front of at 11 as Rashid Shahid because between the two, like Shahid might be the one that steps forward, but A.T. Perry was out there a lot when Michael Thomas left the game. So this could be A.T. Perry as the new number two alongside Chris Olave, and that's why I have Perry in front of Shahid because if we're talking right now, I'm chasing ceiling. I'm going to chase the one with the higher ceiling, and Shahid, big play, Wide receiver three on most NFL teams. The one that has more to his game is Perry. Now he's still a rookie. He's still raw. Uh, there's still concerns about him. Why we haven't even really seen him up to this point. Um, I think he was banged up too, which is missing some time. But if you're looking for somebody who can step in, now it's going to come down to, of course, also mix and match because do you fill the Michael Thomas role, big slot somewhat outside? I think Perry can do that more than Shahid as well. So that's really why I like Perry. So if you're looking for somebody to stash and you don't need somebody for this week, I agree with you. The knee knee sounds like maybe not a month, at least two weeks, if not potentially more. Like so, he's probably out for week twelve. So I would take a I would take a flyer on Perry. Um, and honestly, when we start talking about some of these wide receivers, I could see taking a flyer on a ceiling over some of the other ones to go back to that whole yeah. conversation you were having about holding players. Yeah, and and again, it, you know how you construct your roster might dictate that as well. The last one, uh, Adam Schefter reporting that T. Higgins is unlikely to play in Week 11 already against the Ravens. Did not practice early on. If that's the case, probably makes Trent Irwin um, more viable. Tyler Boyd obviously filled the bigger role, but Irwin had I think four targets, two catches, had that touchdown. Like he's a guy. He he got the third wide receiver snap. So 
Um, I don't know if Irwin, I didn't even look. I don't know if Irwin made the waiver list. Doesn't look like he did, but Irwin might be someone to consider if there's nothing else out there. Yeah, no, he's down there in that range. Uh, It comes down to also is that you look at the stylistic matchup. And if you look at, so back in week five, Irwin was second ahead of Tyler Boyd. Last week, Boyd led and Chase was actually second. And of course, we're assuming Chase wasn't 100% through that game. The Ravens are the tougher defense, but the Ravens' one area of weakness, similar to the Eagles, is actually slot, and that would lean more towards a Tyler Boyd repeat than an Irwin repeat. So that's, like, I would actually go Boyd before Irwin. Well, if you guys have not picked up a subscription over at The Athletic, you should do so right now. Go to theathletic.com. You can sign up. Only a couple bucks a month to get you access to incredible articles around the sports world, plus tons of the fantasy information you're looking like Jake's waivers and ranks. You also can just go to All In Kid on Twitter. You can follow Jake. You'll see the link right there. You can click that bad boy and sign up from there. So once you're signed up, you can just go and peruse the article if you don't already have it. So go and check it out. Go to The Athletic. Today, let's talk about those waivers. We're going to start with running backs. The top two, um, we're going to kind of burn through because we've talked a lot about them. One of them, and the very tippy top guy, has a probably a higher percentage, I think, than we usually use. But to your note, he might have been dropped because of the bye weeks. Uh, Khalil Herbert is number one, and I'm just going to mention him. Keaton Mitchell was number two. Both of the top two guys that we've given a lot of conversation to. Anything you want to add to both of these players? No, because if anybody's listened to the past how many ever many weeks, we've kind of hammered this point down already. Like Herbert didn't return. I really, I'm going to say the same thing I did last week, same thing I said in the waiver column. I don't think he comes back to more than the 50-50 share at this point, just because how do you ignore what Deonta Foreman's been doing? Like as the Bears, how do you know? I know Khalil Herbert was great right before he got hurt and what we wanted him to be, but uh, I still would take the chance on Herbert. There's a chance maybe they still want him to be the lead and that Foreman was great. Now they're just going to like, hey, you, you know, we needed you to touch the ball that much, but now we don't. So let's keep you healthy and Herbert back in this split, which is why he's tops with Mitchell being two. Obviously, Mitchell can be the highest. We already went on and on about him. So I think the real conversation we start having is with number three. Yeah, and number three, um, I was doing some waiver stuff early on. And the only tricky thing, how I'll usually look at waivers is like under 50% on a Yahoo. He's right at the 50% marker, but he definitely qualifies here. How about 30 carries for Devin Singletary and massive usage that we talked about. So he's like a de facto number one if you don't consider Herbert and Mitchell, but he is number three in the article. What do you want to add on Singletary? Like we mentioned, Damian Pierce might not come back to a gig. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. It's like Damian Pierce is among the worst. Actually, Singletary was down there with him. And a lot of uh, touches when it comes to getting stuff, breakaway, all this type of stuff. Um, And two weeks ago, Singletary did have a pretty tough matchup. And let's talk about like, that's part of the reason he didn't look very good in that game, but on top of it, it was a tougher matchup clearly than it was this week. Singletary went off. I don't think anybody expected that. Uh, I even joked on Twitter. Somebody said joke players more. So they go off because I called them Mevin single Mary and with mm-hmm. a lot of meh in his name, but the volume and it paid off. This is the Devin Singletary we briefly saw when he was getting that workload with the bills towards the end of the season, about two years ago. And I'm not going to say he's an RB1, even top 15, but I made that joke about Pierce because this was already a 50-50 split before Pierce got hurt. I was the one sitting here on all the shows saying, I believe D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans tells the truth. He's like, I got to get them both involved. And it was 50-50. And I'm like, ah, people are like, Damian Pierce is going to get back. 50-50, two games in a row, 50-50 split. And then, so I think Pierce comes back to 
60-40 and it's Singletary, which is why I have Singletary here. Of course, the risk is they go back to Pierce 70, 80%, but I just don't see that happening. Um, but you have to take the chance that the part is that Singletary now keeps the lead role. There definitely is kind of a like former player don't want to have a guy lose his job due to injury thing that floats in my mind. D'Amico Ryan's obviously. I feel like that happens a lot more in baseball than football. I think football is a lot more of what are you doing for me right now? There definitely is a more tough love element to football where that plays into it for sure. And Devin Singletary has just been better. Uh, Coming in number four is actually pretty surprising. Antonio Gibson, as you said, uh, he was in the Unbreak My Heart. Can you please sing that for us? Please sing the <laughs> no, entire song? No. Oh, okay. All right. Well, talk to us about Antonio Gibson then. <laughs> uh, it just comes down to I gave him, yeah, one heart. I didn't want to give him more last week. And now this just comes down to two factors here is he's the, you know, we were going back to this entire conversation, this episode. That's the theme of it is like it should be floor guys. He's still just a floor guy. It was the only time this season where, well, depending on your league, but it was the only time he's like had double digits in fantasy points. And it just comes down to Howell's throwing a billion times a game and Howell's targeting the backfield a lot more. As soon as Chris Samuel came back, John Donson did his John Cena impression and he's done. He's gone. You can't see him anymore. But Antonio Gibson's been slowly ticking up, but it's still slowly ticking up from like he's in this seven to 11 point. He's 7 11. We should call Antonio Gibson 7 11. That's what you are. Mm. Always open, but always just getting 7 to 11 points. That's all you do. But look at what's behind him. We were going to talk about these next two options, but it's once you get past Daryl Henderson at six, who's a one week play, just like this next one, because Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman both have one more week until Kyron Williams gets back. I would take the pass catcher and Henderson, but after that, it's backup, 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 back all their their backups. That's how thin running back is right now, and that's why Gibson checks in at four. Though I would say, like, if next week, if the, this week is super important for whatever running backs you might have lost, I'm willing to bite whatever we might think the future value of Antonio Gibson is going to be for one week of Ty Chandler, who comes in at number five. Like, I'm actually surprised. But I get your logic of why Ch- I would have. I have t- Ch- Ty Chandler higher, um, so I'm surprised that he's low. But I understand than from what? your logic than what you have him. Well, like, because as far it's, as it's a one week play. No, I understand it's a one week play. But we also saw Cam Akers taking away the usage before no. from no. Madison. But before Madison got hurt, they had an even eight to eight carries. I think it was so. I think Ty Chandler has value coming off of this no. as well, and he gets a start. I take him over Gibson. No, because it's yes. only one week, I, and it specifically even says in there if you only need one week, he would be the top pickup. If you only need somebody just this week, only yeah. he's going to rank ahead of Herbert and Mitchell and Singletary and everything. Unless, well, Singletary if Damian Pierce doesn't come back, but it sounds like Damian Pierce probably on track to play this week. But one week only. Look, this team went out and traded for Cam Akers because they did not want to give the ball to Ty Chandler. I believe the Vikings. I believe the Vikings do not want Ty Chandler. They signed Miles Gaskin. I wouldn't be shocked if Miles Gaskin mm. outtouches Chandler this week. I don't think it's going to happen. That's why I have Chandler at five, and that's why I said he would be the top pickup for a one-week play. But the Vikings don't like Ty Chandler. And to be honest, he hasn't shown a whole lot. There's been a few runs where it's like, ooh, there's potential, but... There hasn't been much in the NFL to say, ooh, Ty Chandler has it. There definitely is a possibility that Gaskin comes in and screws this all up. So it'd be hilarious. That, yeah, that well, it'd be kind of funny outside of us that pick up Ty Chandler. So Ty Chandler was number five. Daryl Henderson was number six. 
more viable options for this week. Both potentially can lose it in week 12 on return. So that's how the running back situation ends up uh, lining out. Going over to wide receiver, this was another one that was up for debate. Uh, at least Bogman and I were debating this, and I'm 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 surprised and not surprised at number one because this I I was spouting him out this week because Nico Collins was out. I guess I had a little bit less interest with Nico coming back because I think it's just that Nico role of wide receiver really eats. But you have got Noah Brown as the number one wide receiver. He looked fantastic, and Stroud loved him. And Stroud does make more than two wide receivers relevant in this offense. They just have a lot of guys. So I guess I'm not as aggressive on Noah Brown while wide receivers are injured. But um, talk us up. Why is Noah Brown number one? This is purely chasing the ceiling. This is pure upside because here's the scenario. So you have two. Noah Brown has Wally pipped someone. And my opinion, if that is going to be someone, it's going to be Tank Dell. And here's why. Mm. I broke this down earlier this year. When C.J. Stroud has time in the pocket, this is back when people were trying to figure out who's going to hit, Nico Collins or Tank Dell. It doesn't seem like, why can't we figure this out? And I explained it. And you went back, I watched the games, I pulled it up, uh, like like went through and got the numbers to back it up. So it's not just what I'm seeing, the metrics back it up as well. When C.J. Stroud has time in the pocket and he can sit there and wait, Tank Dell was the answer because Tank Dell can get behind the defenders and he can throw deep. C.J. Stroud can. When C.J. Stroud is under pressure, that tank Dell actually was like one catch under pressure because who gets open faster? Nico Collins and Nico Collins has more of the short to intermediate to his game. He has deep threat. Don't get me wrong, but the one of the two that seems to get open quicker is that. And that's also because tank Dell might be open, but is also that size is going to play. It's going to, when you're in traffic, the size plays a factor like that. We have to be honest about that. And that's where I'm going with this because if you're talking about Noah Brown, Nico Collins is still going to get open faster. I think actually Tank Dell could get open faster than Noah Brown. But I'm playing this out to say, if he Wally pips somebody, it's probably Tank Dell. It could be Nico Collins. I'm just saying, but if he does, and he's a top two for CJ Stroud, then he deserves to be here. Of course, the other scenario is that he's still the number three. Nico Collins comes back, and it's him and Tank Dell, and Noah Brown ends up with the third amount of snaps. The good thing is, is similar to like Rams and stuff like they're not as high as the Rams, but they do run a lot of three wide. And so the third option could be the third option. But actually, the comparison might be Tyler Boyd with the Bengals. If Noah Brown's Tyler Boyd, they're not the same type of wide receiver at all. But if he is, it just comes down to snap count. and You're just not on the field as much. And that's the that's the downtick here. So you got to again, I'm trying to play out the scenarios. If I had played odds on it as of today, like let's say everybody's healthy, I think the top two ends up being Collins and Brown. And then Tank Dell is the third and kind of loses five to 10 snaps. Can still be great, can still be a wide receiver three, but that's the upside I would chase with Brown. The risk, there's guys behind them that have less risk. Absolutely. And, And number two has a lot of risk and has kind of been like, all right, pick him up, pick him up, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then finally this week we got a touchdown. It's Quinton Johnston coming in at number two here. So where's your level of confidence in what he is in that offense moving forward after uh, week 10's matchup? Well, this also goes back to what you said earlier, like Quinton Johnston, if you held on to him this entire time, you didn't have to worry about going and chase him on waivers. Um, yeah. He has the higher ceiling than number three. Let's talk about both of them together. Then Jalen Guyton. Quentin Johnston can be Mike Williams. He can be that in this offense. And that top 25, top even 15, if there was any consistency. But the problem is Quentin Johnston has problems right now. He's still not a complete prospect. He still struggles to run routes consistently and crisply. 
and get separation consistently and just be on the same page as Justin Herbert. But you see the opportunities there. Honestly, probably should have caught that ball that he got pass interfered on. And that could have been a huge day. And maybe people are going nuts. But the problem here is Jalen Guyton was out there just as much as he was. Jalen Guyton's been with this team. Uh, Herbert has some rapport with Guyton. And you already saw this is only Guyton's second game back. And he was already out there. So I would go Johnston over Guyton for the ceiling. But if we're in three weeks, two weeks from now, talking about that Guyton's the better option, it would not shock me at all. So I think if you have room, we kind of do this at running back sometimes, like the Henderson-Freeman situation. If you have room, grab both. Yeah, yeah, and that's and you have Guyton at number three here for yeah. for everybody. And then we can skip uh, the next three. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say the next three are all Huffies because we've talked so much about them. Romeo Dobbs, I, I'm with you on that one. Demario Pop Douglas, um, he was number five. He should have been picked up. He if he were out there, he'd be one of the top guys for me. Michael Wilson looked a little bit better with Kyler Murray out there, and then it jumps to I have been for weeks and am firmly Dobbs or Jaden Reed. Over Christian Watson. I do not care how many targets Christian Watson sees. It means nothing to me anymore. He's garbage. It doesn't work. And there's only so much that they can attempt to play this game with. And you get into the red zone. He'd rather go to Dobbs. He'd rather go to Jaden Reed. They'd rather go to Aaron Jones. I'm done with Christian Watson is third on this team at best. So Jaden Reed comes in at number seven. And I think he's a solid pickup here. Well, that's because Christian Watson is in Dumpsville a while ago. So we can continue. It was, we talked, we actually talked about last week about the, you know, letting somebody else deal with that and potentially put him in your lineup for Trojan horse. Yeah. For pure ceiling, if just a chase, like me, like to go back to your thing about Michael Thomas, what if we found out like Michael Thomas four weeks and then maybe doesn't even come back then pure ceiling. I could see going AT Perry, but uh, I still think that Jaden Reed, uh, this is what I said to Mayo on his show and actually on the all in football show with Chris Meany is they'll say the same thing repeated for the third time. At the beginning of the season, it's like Jaden Reed has the talent to be a top two option on this team, and he could get past Romeo Dobbs. I was wrong about who he was getting to get past. Now, Christian Watson still leads the team in targets, still leads the team in routes, still leads the team in opportunities, but it's just not hitting. With much fewer opportunities, Jaden Reed's doing a better job, and it could be just on the same page, just better, better fit for Jordan Love and what he's doing than when it comes down to Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, if Jaden Reed, if you want some of the upside, I think he's nice, but I, I think that I, I don't want to say Christian Watson's done. Like, I'm not saying go pick him up if somebody else drops him. Yeah, he's six wide receiver. Somebody drops watching. I'll stash him a bit. I'm not stashing him to play him. If I'm thin at wide receiver, I'm not picking up Watson to throw him in my lineup. But, you know, uh, let's go down the list down to like Darnell Mooney. If I'm throwing a fifth, sixth wide receiver on my bench, I'll throw Watson over Mooney. Because what if it all of a sudden does click? Like just even 50% of the time clicks. It's not even hitting 50% right now. Like what if it just clicks finally? Jordan Love finally gets on the same page as Christian Watson. He's in the same conversation. It's just upside guys. But as of right now, he'd be down by like Darnell Mooney, Rashid Shahid, and Mingo because it's not hitting for Mingo either, even though he's out there. So yes, Jaden Reed should be picked up in most leagues and he's actually playable, unlike Watson. Uh, A.T. Perry was number 10 on this list overall. Just kind I actually of just moved him. him up as we were doing the show. Because I'm like, you know what? Oh, okay. Yeah, I moved him up to eight because over Jaden Reed. Because I'm like, you know what? If I am chasing pure upside, pure talent upside, and he's the two for the rest of the season, then I would actually take him at eight. 
And the only other two guys on here, Elijah Moore and Jonathan Mingo, both uh, you yeah. threw on here, who A.T. Perry, I'm guessing you've moved past at this point. Yes. Yeah, because that was Moore's first game of eight-plus points, actually first double-digit, and he hasn't still hasn't even hit 60 yards in the season. Deshaun Watson finally looks like he's playing somewhat okay, but still, still eh, wide receiver four. Mingo, I mean, honestly, Mingo, if it ever hit for him, could be ahead of Noah Brown. He's out there just as much as Adam Thielen. He's out there. But you want know to say this is in week 10, 43% of his targets were off target from Bryce Young. If you go for the entire season, he's third and 24.4% of his targets have been off target. Odell Beckham was one and Jalen Hyatt is two, which is understandable because Jalen Hyatt, they just fling the ball 50 yards downfield. So it's, what a surprise about a third or actually you know, a quarter of them are going to be off target. But yeah, he's third. He's 24.4. The targets just aren't Bryce Young and Mingo. That's one that's not on the same page yet. Yeah, some wide receiver running back options for you. If you're looking to stream at the quarterback position, top three on the list, Russell Wilson coming in at number one, Matthew Stafford two, Josh Dobbs at three. I think Stafford is very interesting because it seems like they're, he's lining up to be able to play. You've got uh, your big wide receiver options. I would lean him over Russ Wilson, but I don't know. Russ got it done against Buffalo, and Dobbs is sneaky, sneaky good right now. It's a little bit about the matchups, but you are Russ, Stafford, and then Dobbs for your top three streaming options this week. They said his thumb is fine. They said it's okay, but yeah. Dobbs is also heading to Denver, and Denver's defense since week four it's actually been above middle of the pack. And we just saw that at what they did frustrating the bills on Monday night. So it's a good, it's a good point. I mean, that's also why, because um, dang it. Is it, is it the Cardinals that the Rams have or the Seahawks? I think it's the Seahawks that the, Ra- that yeah, the they Rams have the Seahawks. Seahawks yeah. Pass that, defense is great. Honestly. Yeah. But Cooper cup and Puka, I don't know. I go Stafford on this one, but it's a decent, it's a decent well, play. Either way. I think over. all three. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's well. No, you have uh, well. Maybe you updated it. You had Wilson, Stafford, Dobbs as the order. Yeah, but oh, you're saying yeah. Stafford even over Wilson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. No, because the risk of the thumb, like they say, he's okay. But you, that's the thing is, we're not going to know. You told me Stafford was 100. percent Yeah, okay, I'd be. That's a good point. Uh, on the tight ends, how about this? How about a tight end who a shouldn't be a streamer and b would. I don't know, maybe push near the top of the waiver. You tell me. Trey McBride on your streaming, to quote, streaming tight ends. We also have Logan Thomas and Luke Musgrave. But as you note, Trey McBride should not be a streamer. He might be a possible top five tight end here. If McBride were out there with like Singletary and Keaton and Herbert and Noah Brown, how high is he on the overall waiver claim? Mm, depending, like, so I'm always going to lean running back just because we're talking about Antonio Gibson's a top five running back this week to pick up. So I'll always lead like I would take Mitchell over him. Uh, just I mean, unless were you playing the Higby, Hayden Hurst? Uh, I don't yeah, I'm know, assuming like, the person doesn't have like Hawkinson or, or Laporta or something like that. No, but that's the thing is like even if you had Dalton Schultz, like McBride wouldn't be. If you had, you know, I'm trying to think of like somebody else that's kind of in that range. This was like Cole Komet, Dalton Schultz, uh, Evan Ingram. Like I, McBride's an upgrade. Don't get me wrong, but for need, the upgrade you're going to get from them to McBride at tight end isn't that going to be as impactful as potentially Herbert, Brown, Mitchell. So he would be a top five overall, but also would just come down to your roster construction. Although I saw a lot of people already commenting who's been they've obviously been listening for weeks because I see a lot of people are like, I have Kincaid and McBride. I have McBride and Hawkinson or like it's just like 
Good, no. good, good on you. Good. Exactly. Now you have the decision. You have the decisions every week, but those are good decisions to I'll be flip had. Flip one in a trade. Somebody needs to help. Yeah, the trade deadlines are coming up there. So Trey McBride leads the way. Logan Thomas, Luke Musgrave. Those are your tight end streamers, Trey quarterback McBride, streamers. Tight end four Shane in McBride. the last three weeks. Trey McBride, tight end four. Yeah. And now he's got Kyler Murray back. It was fine. Yeah. It wasn't great. It was fine. It's okay. He wasn't top 10. I looked at that, Jake. He was, uh, <laughs> I think he was 13th, 14th. You, I think you, he finished. You know what I'm curious about? I'm going to look this up while we're doing this. I wonder where McBride was before week eight. Oh, I'm gonna let me take a guess here. So, and then and then we're gonna do week eight on after. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna say he was tight in like 138. <laughs> yeah, 38, maybe All lower. Right, it might be. I'm gonna say tight in 38, and then since week eight on, I'm gonna say. Oh, he was tight in 19. Oh God, tight end. No terrible. way he was. Was he really yeah. 19? Actually, let's just see if what he was in points per game. And oh, he's even. He's the two spots lower in points per game. So 21. Okay. And then what has he been since week eight on? Since week eight on? Tight end like so, six. So let's see. Here's, no, he was actually tight end 19. I, I miscounted once. So he was tight end 19 through week eight. And then how about this? We'll flip. If you just take the season, he went from tight end 19 to tight end. Let's see. Where are we going to go if we take the full season? Jump. Yeah, 13. Oh, I'm so, good. So... From week eight, I told you what he was from week. Eight. I just told you he was week tight end four. Went from tight end nineteen to oh, tight yeah, end four. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but I'm good on the thirteen. So uh, Trey McBride, guy you need to pay attention to. Guy you need to pick up if he's out there. Lots of guys that we set out there for you to pick up. You want to see more? Go to theathletic.com. Check out the waiver wire article. Also, when you sign up, if you're signed up, you don't have to worry about any of this. But if you haven't already, uh, coming up here at midnight, the ranks week eleven ranks are going to be up there. Jake has got you covered, updated throughout the week. Two must-read articles for the week. You want more? Well, we got the Ranks episode coming up later in the week. Brandon Funson and I pick apart, tear apart, just demolish Jake's Ranks, and we just talk about no, them. No, no, I saw Some two from last week, and I was definitely, ha, 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 ha. What? I saw the Russell Wilson debate. Ha, ha, was right about that one. And then what was the other? Yeah. I, saw, I saw another one that I was... The tight end. It was a tight end. It was. It was a Kincaid. Or I forget. Oh, he had. You no, know, uh, I don't do. We don't do tight ends on there outside of a sleeper for Funson. Funson had Otten. Otten is his sleeper tight end. No, there was one that was the ranks were. Let's, I can scroll down. It's a. Uh, oh no, it was both quarterbacks. It was the. Those were uh, and those are Brandon. So ha-ha. yeah, I was just, yeah. Will Levis. He had higher. I was lower. Ha ha. I win. Russell Wilson. He was lower. <laughs> I was higher. Ha ha. I win. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, I love it. You know, Russell Wilson won. That was a big, that was a big debate and you did win that one. So I think uh, it was big. You, I think it was right on the Pittman and Ayuk ones too. Um, what was he high? No, I mean, Ayuk, I guess Ayuk wasn't amazing. Were you, was he lower or higher? He was lower on Ayuk and higher on Pittman. Oh, see, I was, I was with him on Pittman, but I was higher on Ayuk than him. So trying to get to see how many levels of I was right. than <laughs> Brandon was wrong. Yeah. So, and that's what it's all about, and that's what we do. So we take Jake's ranks, some of our differences, some of the unique ones as well. I give you a little primer to the ranks in the episode, so make sure you tune into that later in the week. Follow Jake on Twitter at All In Kid. You can find me at Is It The Welsh, and that is it. That's all that we got for you. Thanks for hanging out with us right here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast.